What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Theory Go podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my brother over here, Nate. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> brother from another mother. That's pretty, right. Pretty good, and you? Yeah. Doing okay. Uh, long, cold week, uh, but we're we're pushing through it. We're expecting a little bit of snow here come Monday into Tuesday, so that should be fun. Yeah. Us up here in central New York are kind of watching it and laughing and pointing. And uh, <laughs> we think it's great. New York City and, you know, downstate New England's getting all this snow finally. <laughs> we well, we it get can, lake it, effect and it doesn't even, they don't even forecast it. <laughs> well, we're not used to it down here. Now, this week we've been dealing with single-digit weather that felt like negative-digit weather. We're still dealing with that today. Uh, so it's been... I'm not used to having to break up ice. I'm sorry. I'm just not. You're getting <laughs> soft. You're getting soft. Yeah, I guess. I grew up where you're at and <laughs> definitely get soft in my old age. Uh, yeah, grind. What's going- Come on. You you should have been like <laughs> hardcore winter guy here. Oh, I used to be. <laughs> so, what's going on with your farm this week? Uh, well, it's a roller coaster ride for us this week. Um, my my eldest daughter's uh, first her original 4-H dough uh, freshened mm-hmm. this week. Uh, gave us a dough and a buck. Awesome. Yep, they're, they're gorgeous. They're out of Leocadio. And, uh, you know, they look great. Uh, going into labor, the doe, the doe's name is Pepper. She looked gorgeous. I mean, this memory that you you looked at and you wanted to get her in the show ring and or at least have an appraiser look at her or, you know, yeah. you know proof that this is what it is. And, you know, yeah, she looked pretty phenomenal. She looked phenomenal. Um, but uh, we ended up losing her. And uh, we we fought with her, you know, fought with her, meaning we tried doing our best, keeping her going here. Mm-hmm. We ended up taking her up to uh, Cornell University, to that emergency hospital up there. Veterinary mm. Emergency Hospital. Um, they they tried, and after a bit, it was it was a quality of life decision. And yeah, we, we had to make the hard decision. We left it up to Maria. It was her dough originally, mm-hmm. and and we ended up having to put her down. It's it's the hard part. Uh, yep. She was she was looking gorgeous. She looked nice, but there were issues. Uh, we've since have a few ideas of what it may have been. Mm-hmm. Initially, we were thinking ketosis or milk fever. Uh, a couple Which years ago, the, for sure. Exactly. Well, um, we don't know definitively. They uh Necropsy on her, um, yeah, for their own information and and as a study, 
and they may give us the information on that as well. They that's what they've said. Mm -hmm. They, however, looked to there being a history that she'd had. She was the one doe in the herd who had uh, symptoms, uh, drawn out symptoms of meningeal worm infestation. You know, she'd mm -hmm. had a, a leg that dragged a little bit and she had stumbled back two years ago. We treated her. She appeared to recover from, from that. She still mm -hmm. had a little bit of weakness in the hind legs from it, but it was to be how she was, you know, how she was, but otherwise yeah. she seemed perfectly healthy, able bodied and able to go around. We have since spoken yeah. with uh, Dr. Tatiana Stanton on it, and it's possible that uh, there was a residual n nerve damage on her. Mm -hmm. We don't know this for certain, but this is all speculative. Um, right. And uh, should they decide to do the necropsy, we'll have more answers. Uh, but the, right now, that's kind of where we're, we're leaning towards. Um, here in the Northeast, well, I, we have the meningeal worm issue. Yeah, well, I, I definitely am sorry to hear that you lost your doe, especially the first kidding of the year. And, and not only your doe, but your daughter Maria's doe. Um, it's, it's really, it was kind of a rough go there. You know, I was talking with you guys the last couple of days as, as it was going on and and I felt for you, you know, it's just, it's a tough go. Um, and really, really with like our last podcast episode where we're all having a fun time talking about friends and, and talking about the stresses of, of kidding season. That's why we had a let your hair down episode. Cause everybody needs to kind of let loose before the gauntlet begins. Uh, and that was really the, the, the idea behind last week's episode. And, from what I've been hearing from people, they really enjoyed it. So I'm glad that we were able to kind of bring smiles to everybody's faces. But this week, yeah, it's the reality of kidding season. Things happen. Definitely wasn't your fault or your wife's or Maria's. Nobody's fault. These things happen. And it's it's a total shame when it does happen. Right. Well, in the same day in which we had to make that hard decision mm -hmm. at Pepper, we received... Uh, Pregnancy results on two of our does. They were both, and they were both confirmed pregnant. One of them being our Ado Addy, who had been uh, the topic of hydrometria earlier, and mm -hmm. who had, you know had that cloudburst. Uh, we treated her with Lou and and did the protocol for getting her cleaned out and back on track, and then she. You know, cycled once, cycled twice, and, you know, we bred her, and she appears to have taken. So that's why I say it's a bit of a roller coaster. You had that low yeah. with, with Pepper, but then, you know, the high with Addie. So we're really kind of excited there. Um, at the As same you time, be. yeah, it, it's one of these weeks where, you know, with Pepper, we were before she went into the you know, freshening, we were up every two hours with her. After she yeah. freshened, we were up every half hour to an hour. Um, 
to say that we in our household are exhausted is an understatement. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, but I think most of our breeders out there know know how it feels. Same time, we got these two beautiful doe kids. If you follow our farm doe, page, doe and buck kid. Yeah, right. Sorry, doe and buck kid. Thank you for correcting me. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's beautiful two beautiful kids. There's doe and this buck, and this buckling is. He's masculine. He's gorgeous. Uh, these he is two a very pretty buckhead. Y- y- there's no pinching on them. Um, they're just level right across that rump. And mm-hmm. what we're really impressed on these two is they're so wide, wide in the rump. Um, they're just that's what you breed for. Beautiful. Us. It is. It is. Uh, we're hoping that you know some of Pepper's genetics that she showed us before. She passed, uh, carried through to the dough with some of the benefits and, and improvements we were hoping for, you know, out of Leocadio. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> should be an exciting little doling to show and to see to mature in the coming years. Yeah, I'm excited oh. for you guys. And, and and I'm assuming that's Maria's dough kid, right? As of right now, it's Maria's dough kid. Um, in our family, <laughs> we limit the kids to three animals. And she has uh, Miracle, who was Pimi from last mm. year, and yeah. another daughter from Pepper, uh, which is a, she'll be a two-year-old second freshener this year. So, mm-hmm. and they're both bred. So we're for right now we're ho- she's holding on to the Stoling, not knowing whether the other two will have Doja Box, right. So it's a little bit of of, uh, melancholy uh, atmosphere here at the same time, joyful and happy. And how can you be upset or or sad when you got little kid goats, you know, giving you kisses as you pick them up and hold them? Uh, It definitely makes it a lot easier on you. uh, That's for sure. And I'm, you know, just, I'm just so happy that you guys were able to, at least get the kids out safe uh, and get those does that you've been fighting for so long bred. So that's, that's pretty awesome news. Um, now what about on my farm? farm we, yeah. Well, I was just, gonna, uh, this week on our farm, I, it, we've been fighting colds. <clears throat> uh, nothing too crazy. We ended up ordering a new laptop, which should be coming in the next couple weeks three weeks i think uh so we'll be able to use different software than this garbage can of an application that we've been using uh (laughs) so the audio quality should significantly go up uh it might take longer to edit the videos folks so or (laughs) the videos the episodes so so it might take a couple extra hours every day uh, to get it right um but yeah i'm excited to get that uh, we ended up last week, we ended up selling, uh, two of our Nigerian does. So they are gone. Uh, so now we just have one lone Nigerian left on the farm. And that's a, a doling that kind of has sentimental feel attachment for you guys though, right? Uh, Effie effervescence was my heart goat for sure. She, uh, she's been missed this last 
week and a half by me. Uh, and I hate to admit it because I, I always have fun talking about the Nigerians. Everybody knows that. But honestly, she was a sweetheart. Uh, so it's been rough, but it's funny because Jem, my doe that I call the cat, has stepped up and has been asking for extra daily scratches every time I come up to the barn to do chores. So that's awfully odd. She gives me the old lip curl every time I scratch behind <laughs> her ears. I think that's an overhousely <laughs> thing, though. You know, yeah, they're, sure. they're they're known <laughs> for that lip curl, that the flamage. I think it is. You know, mm-hmm. lip up. Um, our old doe, Minty, she used to do that. So, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. un- it's a little unusual to see it in does. Not really unusual, but you don't expect it. That's more of it. You don't yeah. expect to see it in yeah. the does. We all know what it means on a buck, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, it's kind of like that tail twitch in cats. Here's what sure. I mean, because it can be that they're in a good mood or not in a good mood. Depending. Oh, well, hopefully she's in a good mood. With <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we, we, we've done that. So we only have one Nigerian left on the farm. And I actually had to move her into our junior stall because... The two pregos are starting to get awfully ornery around the grain bin. So she's been uh, in with the juniors uh, and enjoying her time with them. Her and Mary Mac are inseparable now. And And, uh, yeah, we've just we've been maintaining um, kind of quiet week is more busy week on Facebook than anything, which we'll get into. Uh, but it's, uh, definitely been, been just with the cold, what can you do besides go out and, and you're, you're dragging your feet just to go out to do chores because it's so cold, uh, but it has to be done. You're lugging water buckets and it's just, <laughs> I can't wait for kidding season when it's not snowing. <laughs> I have to say though, you know, when we, we found last year, we had this long kidding season way out into June. This year, it looks mm-hmm. like it's going to end in May. We would prefer actually done in, like, March or April. But we actually found that the, yeah. the kids born in January and February and March did so much better as far as growth and maturity, at least mm-hmm. in the central New York area, than the kids that were born in April, May, and June. I think breeders all over the country would agree with that sentiment. It's definitely, I've found that my later born kids have always been scrawnier and it's probably has something to do with warm loads in the, in the warm season and the heat and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, but it, it definitely seems like it, it has a factor when they're growing. Oh, they're, they're having to fight additional parasites. They can have to fight, you know, the heat, the, Mm-hmm. Really, a shorter time period from when they're born until they're kind of in the survival mode of winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you've got to you know there's a little bit of disadvantage there. We have kids from last mm-hmm. year that are bigger than some of our yearlings from last year. Yeah, um, 
I have very I have very large March kids as well. It's ridiculous. It, it is. It is. <laughs> and then even even like a doe, like I mean, she's from different lines, but uh, Mary Mac is significantly smaller than my March kids, and and she was born later on in the year. She was a late April kid, right? So it it makes sense. Uh, I'm not knocking her for it. I know she'll catch up, but it's definitely true. <laughs> oh, it is, and. And the thing with, especially with the Merrimack, is as you pointed out, there's a different line. You know, her dam mm-hmm. is smaller. Yeah, very correct, but smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, but at the same time, then you got you know she's got she has a Leo Cadio daughter, and he's just. I swear, somewhere along the line, he's... they added a couple vertebrae to his top line or something. He's just. Long, so long, and a couple hamburgers to his stomach. I mean, the dude's big. <laughs> Beat him well. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> He's a huge buck. I can't believe it. I, and by the way, Orion's catching up. I haven't shown you a picture of him lately, but he's 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 gone through a spurt. So look out. <laughs> well, in, we we haven't even touched on Lux. So, uh, mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he he ate a buffet, not a hamburger. <laughs> but uh, you think we should get into some news? Uh, we should. I think some of it should be interesting. <laughs> uh, we look like we've got a yeah. the Adkin National Show Committee came out with mm-hmm. their their rules for for the yeah. site, and it's. You know, some people, I've seen discussion on it. Some of it was really kind of heated. Uh, some of it you got involved in. Um, but, yeah, um, I'll clear that up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, a lot of people are very passionate about it, but we all have to realize that, at, first off, every year, the national show rules, you know, some of, some of the rules are kind of like, you know, Van Halen's, Brown M and M's, you know, yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. You know, I think one of the issues back last time at Harrisburg was no ice coolers. Um, they do allow ice coolers yeah, this year at, at Louisville, but no cooking stuff. The bigger thing mm-hmm. that's really causing a stir, though, seems to be the mask. Yeah. Wearing the mask, a mask is definitely a huge one. It's it's big, uh, and that's wh- that's where all the grumblings is really coming from. Now, the rules state that you have to wear a mask in the ring, uh, in the barns, all time. when you're so at twenty four seven. So when you're in there, you're in there, right? Um, so a lot of people, I understand. There's people that have disabilities, I guess, where they're not able to wear a mask comfortably without feeling like they're they're out of breath and and i get that right i i wear a mask all day at work totally understandable there's days where i wear a respirator all day it just it stinks um so that's where a lot of the negativity was coming from well in with this and some of it is, is understandable like they're talking yeah. 24 hours a day when you're sleeping it seems like yeah now all of this being said, before we really get into it, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this kibosh is the discussion on it. The 
these rules were written at this moment in time. Yes. These are the rules. As COVID states now. As, it, as, as the situation with COVID, with the facility, sits mm -hmm. right now, January, well, actually it was what, 28th or 29th? Okay. Yeah. If a bunch of us all get vaccinated and COVID becomes less of an entity, the rules may become more relaxed. Right. I'm not they saying not they are. Stranger. I'm not saying they're going to be. That they will be. But there's a chance that they could be relaxed. Um, I understand yeah. the issue with the health. And some people who, have, who say, you know, wearing the mask 24 hours a day would just not be feasible. And there was question about if you could wander off by yourself, you know, like you go to your, your truck and you sit in the truck for a few minutes and, you know, no mask. They're not going to track you down there. And I guess the other thing was if you're <laughs> sleeping in the mask groups, they're not going to bust you for it. Or at least that's the way I've heard it. Uh, right. So the big thing is that the the mask rules are going to be enforced where if somebody's not following the rules, they will be asked to leave. Uh, that's just the way it is. This is COVID-19. This is, this is where we're at in this current state of the country. Uh, so it's they are stringent rules, and that's to try to keep the membership that are at the show safe. Uh, my biggest thing with the negativity that was coming from this um, was that it was almost like 90% of all the negative stuff was just thanklessness. You know, no, I, I gotta a tell lot you, of, I, a I don't want to know how many hours the, com the committee put into putting together those rules and regulations and doing the research to, to do so. It was, it was mind boggling to me. And that's where I really took offense is when I saw all that thanklessness that we're even having a national show this year. Well, I think, I, 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 again, you know, fishbowl looking in. Mm -hmm. um, I looked at a lot of it as we're another six weeks. We're moving on a year of lockdowns yeah. and things being canceled and restaurants being closed and stay at home orders. And, you know, a lot of people are just sick of it. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> I, I. I am too. I am too. But at the same time, if there is a way to have national show. Now, my wife and I have not fully decided one way or the other. We've had some pretty amazing offers of how to make sure that we can be there. Um. Mm -hmm. We have not decided one way or the other as to whether we're going. And I'll admit a little bit of that is seeing where we are with COVID as we get closer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the uh, as of right now, you know, I think these rules that were put forward, they were 
as thoroughly thought out as they could be. They were yeah. thought to a you know they were taking into consideration you know directives from the from the CDC, the state of Kentucky, the health department, the facility managers, and then quite mm-hmm. frankly, ADGA themselves. You know, there's a, you got to protect some liability there. Uh, there's a lot of liability going into this. So. Um, <laughs> You're not trying to defend Adga, just trying to, you know, these are some things to think about. You know, do I agree well, with a 24-hour mask-wearing rule? Not really, but if I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. But at the same yeah. time, you know what? If Oprah Hodgley, if Oprah Hodgley's a Monday or Tuesday, I might put in to be one of those early release Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things that works sure. into this is that if you say I send in with your entries, if I read this correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. You did. You did. That if you send in your entries and you say, I want to be an early release herd, when your breed is done, you can go home. Thank yep. you for coming. Clean up your pen or pay to have it cleaned out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. And you can head home. And at which point you can get yeah. in the truck, take the mask off, breathe in the air conditioning, breathe in the air blowing in the window, and and head home. Um, you know, a lot of just that's that's one of the things we're looking at. At the same time, I do. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I do want to add two things and then we can add uh, or we can move on to the next bit of news if you would like or if you want to add something, you can. Um, but, but two things that I want to add to this before we move on is I understand that there are some people, including directors, who are upset that the committee did not go to them with these rule changes because as far as I've seen in the guidebook that any changes to national show rules and regulations has to be brought to the board to be voted on. So I totally understand that, you know, with, with, with the guidebook in mind and all the bylaws that it probably should have gone to the board and it didn't. And that's unfortunate, but I honestly haven't seen anything and I've asked some directors what they saw that they disliked and I had I haven't gotten a response back from that uh, but but I think that that was uh, one thing that pro- really should have gone the way it should have it really should have gone to the board uh, and then the last thing that I want to add Nate and then you can add to this is uh, anybody that sees me personally commenting on Facebook just know I'm a very passionate person with the registry and the dairy, with dairy goats in mind. Uh, so I have a very outspoken personality and I'm very passionate and it, it comes out that way. Um, and I'm sorry if, if we stand on other sides of the fence with some things, but uh, everybody is entitled to their own opinion for sure. So yeah, that's it. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I'll admit I'm also you know passionate, but I tend to be a little quieter a little more uh, reserve in stating my opinion. And I'm going to state my opinion here, and then I think, yeah, we can move on to another topic. It, right. In the news, 
And it really comes down to this. You know, some people say that, you know, they, they don't want to, you know, they want to be able to cook in the in the barns. So they're not going. They don't want to have to wear the mask. Some of them just aren't going. If you don't like the rules, mm-hmm. whether it's the mask, whether it's not being able to cook in the barns, whether it's not being able to... I was shocked at this one, but I wasn't because I know goat people. Not being able to cook in your milk pasteurizer. <laughs> if you look in the rules, you're not allowed to use your pasteurizer to cook with. Um, <laughs> yeah. a, um, you don't have to go. If you don't like the rules, you don't have to go. Yes, it is the... Adga National Show. It is, you know, the Super Bowl of goat shows. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to go if you don't like the rules. Right. Don't give the the committee National Show Committee a hard time by going and then deciding to break the rules. If you don't like the rules <laughs> and you're not going to abide by them, I'm probably going to make some enemies on this, but you don't like them, stay home. Yep. I agree. Um, All right. On to less controversial topics, anyway. (laughs) Well, here's another one. So, linear appraisal, uh, we have yet to hear back from the postal ballots, uh, but I've seen a couple posts where people have asked about this. Just so everybody knows, the voting concludes February 2nd. And then the task force forces uh, next report is uh, February nineteenth. Yes. Yeah, so the voting in, it ends Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, and then we move on on the nineteenth. I, I I've read you know the proposal, or at least what's been put forward. Yeah. View of the. Directors have been good enough to post those, that information. And there's, mm-hmm. okay, so there's a rate increase and on signing up, $10 increase. And then there's a $100 yep. per stop increase. Right. Those are the most notable. And then there is a work, they work in a, a penalty if, you do if for whatever reason there's fewer than eight animals appraised within an hour and it's your fault. Right. If it's your fault. Yeah. Yes, I believe that's in the discretion of the appraiser. Right. If you're to, to doing your, administer that. If you're doing your appraising and you know you know, it, it may happen, you know, a tornado goes through. It's not your fault. <laughs> you all have to cover. <laughs> Um, but if yeah. but if you're sitting waiting for other herds to show up or anything, like or that, or then that's you're doing one animal at a time, and you're taking it all the way back, and you're pulling one out, and you're preparing it, and you're getting prepped up, mm-hmm. brushing it off, and then getting it to the appraiser. You you could move that along. You could have someone else yeah. while you're doing working with the other animal. Um, and so to me, the, the 
changes, financial changes, all make sense. Um, there's a increased mm -hmm. pay for the appraisers, well overdue, and it, it, that increase has to come from somewhere. And it's actually noted in the proposal that actually our per animal cost, you know, ours being the breeders, the people who are being appraised, really doesn't mm -hmm. even really meet the minimum cost per animal uh, that it costs ADGA to send the appraiser out to do the appraising. I think it says yeah. on there that they estimate that it costs ADGA $21.50 per animal right. to do the appraising. Um, I think I calculated that for up to 25 animals, you're paying about $14 per animal. And 50 animals, you're paying about nine fifty per animal. For 50 or more, you're paying, not 50 or more, for more than 50, you're paying like six something. So you're still not even close to that 5150. I'm sorry, 2150. Right. So um, there's that out there. I'm really excited to see if that passes. Yeah, me too. Me as well. I'm even more excited to find out whether uh, advancements in vaccines and uh, public health are going to allow it to happen. You know, really, the the, the elephant in the room is uh, on COVID and national show is COVID on linear appraisal and national show is COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's what's going to make or break any of these programs. So, right for sure, it's it's definitely what's hamstringing all of these things along. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't even signed up with for Plus yet because I don't know what's going on. We so did. I'll pay the. F yeah, I, I remember you said you did. Uh, I just think uh, if I'm just going to wait and see what happens because I. I it's it's no skin off my back either way. Well, we <laughs> for um, we're, we will be doing the DHI milk test. Right. And mm -hmm. we really value the DNA samples. And having, yeah. having access yeah, 30 to bucks a pop. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice to have we mentioned, you know, this young buck that we have right here actually in my living room. You know, he's actually he's already sold. Uh, he was pretty much sold before he hit the ground. And we'll DNA type him, but you and I will get into that here in a few minutes. Um, yeah, the only other part of news that this week was I think we touched on it last week. I my memory seems to be a little bit fuzzy <laughs> from that episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it got. You know, I listened back to that episode and the amount of soda cans that were being opened. My goodness. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so the the NG system, the new generation or next gen, whatever NG stands for, I forget now, uh, system moved to February to go live, hopefully. So uh, that's a little bit of old news, but I just wanted to kind of reiterate that. And uh, no other word has been spoken about it so hopefully they can get everything 
transferred over. And with that uh, being held off until February, uh, I saw a note. I don't know if it was an actual either ballot or what it was for the directors, but it looked like uh, there is talks of allowing golden currencies to be shown with stamped duplicates, but I don't know if they can even be registered yet. So they're going to send in registration paper, uh, paperwork and then they get stamped duplicate back. I, I believe as of right now, what you saw was a proposal for a ballot. Okay. Okay. I know a few uh, directors had voiced online on their support of such a measure. I do not mm-hmm. know right now whether it is been moved beyond a proposal to an actual, you know, put before the board. Yeah. It, yeah. There's been a lot more loud and, and crazy things going on. Uh, and, and frankly, a tad bit embarrassing things going on than uh, what's going on with the golden Guernseys. So that's kind of been shoved to the side. I feel like. I, I know that they've <laughs> moved, they've moved the NG being, you know, going up, going online in in Mm -hmm. February. I know as of right now, I've been on ATGA website a few times today. It's up, it's running. So you can, I'm doing subscription reports on on animals. So it's, it's up. And they're actually, they're, they're, if you have registrations to send in, send them in because they're processing them super quick right now. And I would, that's one of my thoughts, you know, like these kids here, we'll send in the registrations here in a few days just to make sure that they're processed before NG goes live and there's a lockdown on that. So Mm -hmm. I would recommend it. Same time, don't overload the system. Um, (laughs) Everybody send in your paperwork now. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, uh, don't 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 send it and buy it like like GameStop uh, GameStop shares. Just, just <laughs> you know, just just send in what you need to. <laughs> so uh, I guess we can move on to our topic. Well, yeah, I mean, talking about buying and selling. Of <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. Um, great segue <laughs> yeah. there, John. Um, oh yeah, yeah totally so if you're looking to buy, you know, anyone looking to buy an, an animal that I know I have a reservation list, John, I think you have some. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Buying and selling kids. Yeah. It's buying and selling. So as a buyer, <laughs> what are, you know, what do you, what would you say are things to be looking for? Well, for a buyer, um, the biggest thing for me would be doing my homework of whichever breeder and breeding I'm looking at, um, reading their website, usually on every whatever breeder has either at least a Facebook page, but most of them have, have websites. And there's usually a uh, a written out kidding schedule and breeding list, but there's also... I don't want to say the rules to fall follow, but like it's their it's their own certain way to go through uh, reser- reserving a kid. Um, so so definitely do your homework on what each farm does because everybody's different. Some people 
require you to put down money right before the kids are even born. Uh, some don't. Uh, so do your homework if you're a buyer. Also for me, um, I like to kind of vet uh, breeders that I may not be super well aware of um, and just ask certain people. I'll, I'll usually go on Facebook and just look up the farm name and see if there's anybody that has animals from their herd and, and I'll message them and ask them about their experiences with the breeder. Uh, I, I really, that's my one big thing as I'm a buy, as, as I buy is I, uh, I ask around to see, make sure I'm, I know what I'm getting into. I know when I bought uh, Vasquez, I asked you Nate about um, his breeder and, yep. and I, I asked other people uh, just because I had never dealt with them. And although I've heard great things, I want to just make sure <laughs> that I'm not, that I'm not <laughs> falling into some sort of pit of death, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's, that's basically when it comes to buying, that's what I look for. And I do my homework on the dam and sire, obviously. So, you know, it, it does kind of start sounding like a bit of a FBI work. Um, yeah, sure. Things, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go off of some things that I noticed you you touched on and then ca- kind of elaborate mm-hmm. on. Them. So on Facebook, you know, back what a year or two ago, Facebook really cranked down on the sale of animals on on Facebook. So most yeah. herds, most farms, found that they could get could have a separate website where they can post the breeding list. Um, they can post pictures of the does in the box um, because Facebook doesn't want to see you putting prices on the animals for sale. So they, right. you know, what you find is there'll be a Facebook page that will ha- may have a link to the website. <laughs> and that's always handy to do, to have. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the website. We we many of the herds will have their breeding list. You know, the doe and what buck they'll be bred to, and sometimes a price. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to really good get a good look at some of these does, you go back to Facebook. You type in the name of the doe or the buck, and see what's happened. Yeah. You know what what they look like. You might get pictures brought up, um, wins, accolades. Okay. The other reason to yeah. go to the website is many of them will have a sales policy. That's the word I was looking which for. Will, Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and then the sales policy, many herds will tell you whether or not they take a deposit. Now, you know, my wife and I, we don't take a deposit. Um. So, it'll tell you the, whether there's a deposit. It'll tell you how they view reservations, whether you can put reservations on that doe with that buck, and I want a doe kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also on their website, you'll be able to look and see whether that first doe kid is available or whether the second one is, or whether maybe you're putting your name on a doe kid from that dough for next year whether you know if all all reservations are full and you say i want to do kid out of her well you may be having to go to next year you may and that just is something you'll have to accept 
so this yeah, is there's, policy. Well, um, there's also with the sales policy. Also, there's there's usually written out a a policy on how to either pick up your kid or or if they do if the breeder does flights you know flying out yep. kids yep uh, so that's something to check into and i was lucky when i bought my buck orion that honestly M- morgan just was more than happy to do most of the legwork she just told me how much i needed to send her and i sent it it was pretty simple um actually I... sometimes you got to work with the breeder yep and actually, flying them in isn't as hard as it sounds if you can find an airline that will ship them. That's the hard part. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing yeah. is, is with these sales policy, policies, there's usually a you know, description of how long they want, they'll hold on to the kid, kid um, whether there's a deposit before the kid is born, whether there's a deposit after it's born. Um, when they want final payment and mm-hmm. you know other things that they expected from you as the buyer or that they expect that they're putting out there for you as the buyer to know that they are willing to do right okay um you know our kids we make sure they've got their shots before they go or as many of them as we feel they're able to have you know, you're not going to give, you know, all all the rounds of a CDT to right. a one-week-old kid. But we're not going <laughs> to send out a one-week-old kid, okay? Right. Unless we know it's going to someone who can handle a one-week-old kid. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned being able to do the homework on the breeder. Yeah. Um. There's a little bit of subjectivity here in that <laughs> yeah. you can look at the web their website and see how, how well organized they are. Usually in the website, you get to see whether they've been in it for a few years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the other thing is um, some websites will reference back to the Facebook pages, and Facebook pages will reference the websites. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you can also take all of that information and do your own search on Facebook and on the websites, uh, on Google, and see what you can find out about them. That's where I say it's a little bit of, uh, you know, FBI t- type of work. You're researching them, and I think you touched on it. On just don't be afraid to turn to somebody, somebody you respect, and say. What do you think about, you know, Nate Funk as a breeder? And well, I don't know if I would ask that. I think I would ask, uh, have you, like, ha- how were your dealings with Nate Funk as a as a seller? No, oh, a yeah, breeder, okay. I guess, but but like, how how was your experience with this person? Uh, that would be probably a better way to go about it. Than, Maybe that's think a better Nate, way to do Nate it. Nate Funk is a breeder. Oh, he's trash. Don't don't go to him. You know, it, it's you, you can check around, and sometimes it may be that you have to 
find somebody who's not a breeder of the breed you're buying. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know, you know, alpines or togs, but I know a lot of reputable alpine and tog breeders. For sure. Um, so it might not hurt to ask somebody from outside the breed. Now, even if you've asked them at the time that you put the reservation in, mm-hmm. there are things to ask. You know, CA negative, CL negative. If you care about that sign of kind of thing, yeah. Uh, if you care about that that kind of thing, um, you know, has the kid been disbutted, tattooed? Mm-hmm. All leading up to the drum roll of the kid been DNA typed. That's a big one these days. Exactly. I'm. I'm. I just. There you go. Punt. What do you say, John? <laughs> well, uh, there's a reason why I do a lot of research on breeders. I just uh, I don't trust anybody these days. As 2021, I think everybody knows that uh, some people aren't as ethical as others. So to really save yourself, especially if you're buying, you know, a super expensive kid out of a super awesome breeding, or even if it's not, if, if you want to really save your butt here, 2023 is coming. You might want to get that kid DNA typed or, and have the parents on file as well. I agree. Especially if it's a bucket bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. I pointed out, you know, 2023 is coming. I've mm-hmm. seen, so for many people, there's, there's the story of, uh, Sir Charles. Yeah. Um, he's a Nigerian buck. He sired uh, quite a few notable animals. Someone a lot of progeny. A lot of progeny. Someone DNA typed him. And his sire wasn't who was on the paper. Yep. Um, that's just the fact. And not opinions. And yeah, it was it was a perfect storm of he was older, the buck, uh, when he was DNA typed. A lot of either progeny or the progeny's dams and sires are no longer around. Yeah. Uh, so creating a DNA profile for the potential sire is all but kind of impossible. Um, and we've had this discussion before on the podcast. We have, but, um, as a result, I have seen an increase in herds who have decided effective immediately to DNA type all their bucks a few of them, all the kids, um, yeah. immediately, you know, and well, well, the it may not be a bad idea. Most affected is their whole herd, basically. Yeah, that may be a bit cost effect, cost ineffective. <laughs> I mean, yeah, try that's if you do it through uh, Adka Plus, gets you three for $30. Um, mm-hmm. I have, you know, okay, I've got 22 goats out there right now, 21 goats out there right now. Okay. I know that 
six of them are DNA typed. So that yeah. leaves me with 15 more to do at 30, you know, 30 yeah, But the most important ones are your bucks and you have them on file. Exactly. And that, and that's what we do. So we, we aim for the bucks um, or bucklings that are being sold or retained. Mm-hmm. Because their imp- the impact they're going to have on a herd is a lot larger than a doe. You know, a doe, you know, she may have an impact if she throws a buck kid or something. Um, right. But, um, so we're, here we're kind of focusing on, on the bucks. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I ordered a kit for Orion and Voss. So I can have them on file, uh, especially Orion, since he was used this year via AI. <laughs> so got to get him on file. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I would appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, I might drag my feet on it. I know <sighs> some people might, but no, it'll it'll get done. I, I got it's on the way, and the way they're processing everything, it should be here tomorrow. <laughs> really doing the DNA. It's not like you're having to like. You know, get in and you know withdraw a drain sample from the animal. Uh, yeah, it's getting uh, fifteen, twenty, maybe thirty hairs from the. Generally, uh, my memory is from the tail head. Mm-hmm. You just kind of pluck them. You make sure you get some follicle with it. You know that yeah. little kind of clearish stuff, and you put it in the envelope that's labeled with their information on it. You seal it. You put that in an envelope. <clears throat> send it. Right. And- so, yeah, it's pretty simple. I think people just need to start getting in that mindset, especially if you're buying. Also, if you're buying, a good idea is to stick to your reservations. <laughs> I see a lot of people that like to flip them around as the kids are being kitted. Uh, and, and honestly, as a breeder, that's kind of annoying. Uh, just... Because you only have so much time in the day, and to have to keep juggling around who's getting what it can get kind of uh, can be a task. Right. I mean, like now, my wife and I, we look. We were already looking at some does, and got three people who want a buckling. Yeah, they've told us what they want, not as far as doe and buck, but what they value, you know, production type, you know, what kind of buck mm-hmm. they're looking at. Again, you may not get that kid this year, but you may get it next year. And it might be do better to just stick with your reservation and not jump around so much for the breeder. Help them focus their breeding, their sales, and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's just... Uh... Stick to what you want. There's a reason you want the reservation from the doe and buck that you originally put in for it. Um, and and if you don't get that, you can you can try to get something uh, this year if there's something available. But I wouldn't just switch it out because you're having second guesses. I mean, if you're having second guesses, I guess you can you can drop the reservation. You can always. <laughs> but... I was gonna say, you know, for. Uh, I know on our website we do say we reserve the right to, you know, keep any kid for any reason. Um, right. And 
as a breeder, you have the the right to say, you know, I really want to keep this kid. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you've accepted money, and then things get kind of muddy there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why some breeders, like myself, don't take deposits. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it gives us a little more, I'd say a little more right to what we have. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, d- so when you get a reservation, are you taking a deposit right away or are you waiting till those kids are born? We do not take a deposit until the, the, the kid is born, the buyer has I, whether looked at a picture or looked at the animal itself and said, yes, I will take that animal. Mm-hmm. Um, when they say, yes, I'll take that animal, then we say, well, you know, do you want to put a deposit down? Right. Um, I do the same it, thing. I I talk to the potential buyer. I let them know what the dough had. Uh, usually I'll send a picture when they're all fluffed up, not all gooey and yucky. Um, and I'll, like this year, it's going to be a, I'll contact the buyer. Um, and if I only have one doe kid, most likely that contact will be, Hey, just so you know, I am ending up retaining this, this doe kid. And I do let every potential, it's a potential that I'm going to retain a doe kid and I can't guarantee what they're going to have. Uh, so right. I make sure that I'm, I'm right up front with that, especially this year, because we're going to be retaining uh, quite a few. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> now, when you oh. sell, you, when you do sell kids, mm-hmm. you sell them registered? Or do it you depends. sell them with like a filled out or somewhat filled out registration paper? Oh, I, so if it's a kid that I intend on, um, that kid being registered. Uh, I don't tend to hold on to them long enough to register them. So I'll send them with the, in a little folder with their buyer with a registration that application that's been filled out by myself, including me picking the name. Um, And usually I'll go back and forth with the, with the potent, with the buyer and say, Hey, these are the names I'm going with. Is there a certain one that you like or anything like that? Um, but I have everything filled out besides their information, and I make sure that they know that I've dated it. I've signed it myself. All they have to do is put in their address and their signature and their number, um, and then they're required to send it in. And that's if, – if I register them myself and the registration paper comes here, uh, that's going to be part of the selling price. Well, you see, we – we work that into the sale price. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of make it so that when you buy the animal, it's registered. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually, though, reach out to the buyer. If it's young enough that it hasn't been already registered, we'll yeah. say, hey, these are the the uh, concepts we have for naming this year. You know, maybe we have a, a line that the name uh, star type of thing in the you know luna mm-hmm. and lyra and lunar mage and 
So, you know, this is what we're thinking. And it's, it's uh, uh, this letter, you know, a constellation beginning with, you know, M. And, you know, yeah. let them make the de- that decision. It's kind of fun. It's kind of gives a little bit of excitement to it. Um, mm-hmm. Then we submit the registration paper, but we also pay for the transfer, which is part of, you know, the cost. Um, yeah. You know, with that, you know, we- if, it's, if it's a buck, we kind of kick that along with the registration. Uh, we'll do the DNA on it. How, well, how long do you guys hold on to your kids before you sell them? It depends. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it depends on extenuating circumstances. We okay. prefer, um, you know, three to four weeks. Okay. Uh, we want to make sure that they're healthy, that they're stable. Um, we don't want them, you know, getting to the new place and the new owner not being able to feed them. Mm-hmm. Um, we want them to at least be, you know, curious and knowledgeable about grain and hay. So that for yeah. whatever reason, they don't nurse or not nurse, but, you know, go to Lambar or bottle that they're able to, you know, eat hay or grain and at least survive mm-hmm. that way. Um, that's, the minimum. Um, those are generally the reserved animals. Of course, right. along the way, then there are ones where, you know, we wanted to keep a, a doe out of, you know, I'll make up a name, out of Joni, Joni Goat. Mm-hmm. Joni Goat gives twin doe kids. Yeah. Well, we weren't expecting that. Um, we'll keep them for a little bit, see which one we like better, and the other one may be sold. That may be, right. you, know, you know, a month, two-month-old doling or three, uh, at which point mm-hmm. she's registered. She, you know, I try to make sure that all the animals leaving our farm are at least tattooed and disputed. Yes. That's the other reason to wait that three to four weeks. Um. Because the, to me, the leaving, the leaving re- registered with our name on them. Right. Yeah. And I, I wanna... I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Um, I, it depends on the kids. So usually I'll keep any goats that I plan to have weathered uh, and sell as a weather. I will hold on to them until I ban them. Be- and usually it's like a, a couple days to a week after I ban them to make sure there's no after effects that I need to worry about. Um, but that's just because I don't want any of my animals unregistered in some breeding pool. Right. And there's a reason why I don't want them to be a buck. Right. Uh, right. So then with any pet quality animals, you know, I had a couple, I had a doe last year, doe kid that was pet quality and, and she went, uh, unregistered and and she had her her haf7 in her ta- in her ear just as you know for scrapey purposes and yep. uh and she was gone she was probably maybe five weeks i want to say 
Um, and that was just because the buyer was also buying a Nigerian. Um, right. So it, it, it honestly just depends. I, I had a buck kid that I kept. Uh, he was going as a junior herd sire, and I kept him until just about weaning. In fact, I think he was he had his last bottle on our farm. And that was just oh, wow. because the, the, yeah, the buyer was just uh, didn't have the time to be able to bottle feed. Um, which I understood, and I liked the buyer. We had a really good relationship, uh, so I said, "Hey, you know, if you want me to keep them to weaning, it's going to up the price here a little bit, just because of the extra time and effort I have to take with him." Um, so it's it, it, honestly just it depends here too, whatever whatever the circumstances may be. <laughs> I mean, the, the other thing is we we want to be able to get them some kind of coccidia treatment. Yes, key shot because. We pull our kids from the dams. They don't get to nurse. And then we pasteurize their milk. And there's it's not clear as to whether the CDT treatment carries through the, the uh, pasteurization process. Right. And so those bottle-fed kids may not necessarily get the CDT that the, you know, the, uh, we give our CDT to our does before they freshen. And, you know, nursing kids would get the benefit of the CDT shot from the raw milk nursed from the dam, but we right. don't, we don't do dam raised kids. So our kids, you know, we have to get them the CDT shot, mm-hmm. you know, before, you know, get them at least going. And that's why you, you say, how long do you hold on? We kind of find out, we kind of try to gauge our buyer how on it are they on the vaccines yeah uh, and if they're not really clear and they're really unsure we might hold the kid out, hold on to the kid a little bit longer just to make sure they get that you know the vaccine so that we want we most breeders when they sell a kid to to a buyer they want to see that animal succeed they want it see it do well um Mm -hmm. they want to hear that you know that 4-h'er that bought it or maybe it's not a 4-h'er that person who bought it um did well with their animal you don't want to hear you know and i've i've had this you know oh you know oh i bought the animal and and uh you know and you know, I left it out in the back pasture and, you know, it died. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of, you know, where you, you as a seller have to gauge, you know, look at your buyers and going, is this person going to be able to take care of the um, Right. What do they want the animal for? Am I willing to let the animal go for that? Yeah. Um. I think we all have different answers. We all have different answers as far as that goes. Like you're willing, you're able to sell pet quality animals. Yeah. Um, So we won't. (laughs) We won't. I've I've sent some animals uh, with buyers that were for pets that uh, there was a couple occasions last year where the buyer was perfectly capable. They were very. well-versed with goats. So I sent them with the Coxidia treatment to put, uh, we do it in our, we started last year doing a little bit in our bottle uh, for that week straight. Um, I just find that it works better. 
so I sent them with you know that treatment. Um, I I tend to give their first CD first or their booster with the person watching, so they I can prove, hey, I did it. Here's the proof. I, the kid's going uh, just because, especially with the booster. I know the kid's not going to have a reaction because I right. I gave them their first one, uh, <laughs> and um, it just it, like you said, it, it just it super depends on the buyer. I've had buyers where I've got a deposit and everything seemed fine and they just kept asking questions that did not seem like they should be owning a goat and i returned their deposit and said no no way jose sorry it's this is not going to work out this is not something that i will consciously do and 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 that's what we as breeders have to be able to do and we have to think about um it is though you know rewarding when you're able to sell to another breeder Um, oh for sure you know and then to be able to see that animal do well, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's 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 just some things to think about. You know, this time of year we're looking at at buying and selling kids, and you know, some people are, you know, have reservations on. I know we've got a reservation on a, a doling out in Western New York, and uh, you know, other people have reservations in with us, and so you know, you kind of in both. We're kind of in both boats here with the buying and the selling. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, it's it's the time of year where everybody thinks about it and, and looks at their reservation list and goes, okay, what do I need to do to sell some of these kids, especially if I have a buck here? <laughs> uh, yeah, and- yeah. You know, I, I guess I technically have a reservation in this year, but that's only if I have an extreme buck year. So hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, and one thing I did want to ask Nate is, uh, what do you do if you have a reservation? You set up, and I know what you do, but uh, what what somebody listening, what what should be done if you set up if you have somebody that that put down a payment for an animal um, from you, and you set up a date for them to come pick it up. But then that animal gets sick. What do you do? I know what you do, but let's see, let the listeners know. <laughs> okay, so you wanna? I'm gonna story time. Okay, story time. Um, goes like this: 2018, we had a pair of dolings sold, or at least the deposit had been put down. They were going to uh, pick them up. Basically, 15 minutes outside of Columbus um, Mm -hmm. after Nationals, basically. Once we were done and heading home, we were going to pull over into a rest area where we were going to meet with them. And they were going to pick their does up, finish paying them off, and take them home. Mm -hmm. Uh, However... Through the course of the week at Columbus, we were in the horse barn, um, right. whether that's a factor or not. But um, the two does basically uh, came down with runny noses and upper respiratory issues. And we we contacted the buyer and said, they've got upper respiratory issues. We do mm-hmm. not feel comfortable sending these animals home with you knowing that they may or may not be sick. Right. 
So, quite frankly, we took them home. Right. Which is the right play in that situation, by the way. And we we took them home. We treated them. We got them back into good health. And quite frankly, about three or four weeks later, just because that's how my schedule and their schedule worked. Um, and another opportunity, but uh, my wife and I drove out to Michigan, which is where they were going, <laughs> and dropped off these two doe kids. Craziness. Yeah, I remember when you first told me that story personally. And now, I, I couldn't people believe go, wow, you, you drove all the way to Michigan to do that? Yeah. Well, we were also driving on through to Wisconsin to uh, a friend of ours. Uh, I don't know if she listens to uh, Kiki Brackett. Um, we're heading out to her farm. Mm. So um, stopping in you know Michigan along the way wasn't too outlandish. But um, that was arranged after the whole nationals issue yeah um so it uh well i have a story that i i about. don't feel comfortable selling i just don't feel comfortable selling yeah. a sick animal if it's come down sick before the pickup date i'll contact the buyer and say it's sick mm-hmm. with this that another thing i'll let them know and I'll tell them what I want to do, and then mm-hmm. they can tell me what they want to do. Right. Um, nine times out of ten, it, it turns out they'd rather pick up a healthy animal. Right. I've, so. I've What's had, your story? Well, I had an issue where I sold a couple does, and we had set up a date for like later on in, in the week. And so I was like, okay. I always like to send my animals with at least, it, depending on the time of year, but at least a hoof trim, a once over. Um, if they need their CDT booster, I'm going to do it because I just want to make sure that they at least get their last one from me, right? <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure they're in, in tip top shape. Well, I was at work and the buyer messages me and says, Hey, my husband can come today. And I'm like, Well, okay, I'm at work and they weren't, they weren't rude or anything, but they were definitely adamant that they're in the area. Can we, can we come get them? And and usually I stick to my guns and say, no, no. But I was like, you know what? I can sneak home. I can trim the hose, give them CDT and they can be good. So I rushed home in on a 15 minute break and grabbed one did her hose real quick, gave her CDT, shoved her in the stall, grabbed the other, did the same thing. Well, they come, it's dark out, we load them up, and, you know, say goodbye, and off they go. Well, then I get a message, oh, well, this one's got mites, which maybe she did, maybe she didn't, I'm not sure. It, it was during the winter time. things happen, right? It's not, it's not an ideal situation for me, it's probably the most... A crazy thing that's ever happened where I sold an animal that wasn't tip top. Um, it definitely wasn't the end of the world, but it, I was so mad at myself, not because she supposedly had mites. Um, I was mad at myself because I let a buyer strong arm me into uh, not going through with my protocol. 
that was probably the biggest thing that upset me. Now, if, if I had was able to go on my day off, which is midweek and check over the dough and see that she had a little bit of hair loss, uh, around the eyes, uh, then I would have said, Hey, fire, this is what's going on. This is what I think it is. How would you like to proceed? I can definitely treat it and we can do a different date. Uh, but that didn't happen because I let somebody strong arm me. And that's probably going to be one of the biggest things that sits in the back of my head for a long time. Uh, so I'm definitely going to be a little bit more strict with my buyers and to, I make the rules. It's my time and I don't need to rush if I don't need to. So that's my story. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Well, I think with it, you know, as, as the seller, yeah, um, you, you do want to send an animal in tip-top shape. You want it to be healthy. You want it yeah. to be, you know, the way my wife and I look at the animals we sell with registration, um, or even the the we've sold a couple weathers, mm-hmm. you know, is they are going as a representative of our herd. Of your herd and your husbandry. Exactly. And so we don't want people going, yeah, you know, those funks, they, they sell sick animals. Yeah. Um, we don't want that. Um, yeah. We want, you know, people to go, you know, they're good people. They take care of their animals. They won't sell you a sick animal. Mm-hmm. They'll be registered. The bucks will be DNA type. You know, um, you're going to know what you're getting, you know, when you pick it up. Right. And, you know, I think the buyers like that. Well, you got to be able to hang your hand on your animals. These, this is what you do. Um, I've sold plenty of buyers as I make myself a glass of water. Uh, plenty of buyers that have been happy. I've sold, sold tons of animals, but it's, you know, that one's going to stick with me for a long time, Nate, because, and you know, it has, because I, how many times have I mentioned it to you? Oh yeah. Oh it, no, it, I know. It really, I know. it really, it really takes me off. It does. I can't believe I let somebody strong arm me like that, especially cause I'm usually the one doing the strong arming, uh, <laughs> but it's your name's behind your animals. So you definitely want to stand behind them. You don't want to, set up for somebody to have an animal shipped to their farm and it walks off the trailer with pneumonia filled with coccidia, uh, you know, just half dead. You don't want that. No, so no. Just, just make sure you do right by the buyer. And as if you're the buyer, make sure you do your homework on the seller. So, yeah, that's probably, Amen. that's, pro- <laughs> that's probably my, uh, closing thought is just make sure you're doing your homework this is your money that you're spending or this is your animals that you're putting your name on when you're selling them so i i would also point say this um mm-hmm. look at how much you're spending yeah you're spending tons of money mm-hmm. you know thousands plural Hopefully, you are getting your money's worth. You're getting what you pay for. Right. Um, You know, I'll admit, you know, I have a buck, which is probably the most I've ever paid for any animal ever. Um, (laughs) And I think he's worth it. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I think he's worth it too. I'm not just saying that because I have a daughter, but <laughs> he, uh, he's he's what you want an animal to look like for spending that kind of money. Right now, and not just to tout my horn or anyone else, but <laughs> it, but at the same time, when we first got into goats, we paid a a, a good penny for our first an- few animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we paid probably about five hundred dollars a piece okay. for four animals. Okay, right. yeah, they two of them weren't worth it. Mm-hmm. Especially when I turn around and I look at her. Now we're into overhouses, so I'm not just trying to pick on overhouses, but when you turn around. And you look at her, you know, like Overboard or Van Just, um, Heaven's Hollow, Cream of Kansas, Hay Creek, okay, um, the Drago, for Pete's sake, you know, those are overhydrated herds that are, for $500, you could get a pretty good kid from one of those herds. For sure. And that's kind of what was the turning point for my wife and I. Was we, we looked at what we paid $500 for. Now, two of them turned out to be worth more than that. Mm-hmm. The other two weren't. And for $500 yeah. each, we could have bought stellar animals. So when you start looking to, to put that money down on that kid, make sure you're getting what you're worth. And I guess that's my parting thought on the whole thing. I agree. Uh, that, you, that you're happy with what you're spending and what you're yep. receiving. Yeah. You should uh, do your homework and and get the best you can afford. Don't just jump into something. And when you're selling, don't just give the animals away, right? Just make sure you're I, – I like to do a little bit of homework on my buyers as well. So I guess it goes both ways. Um, but – Remember your name's attached to that animal, so be ethical. And yeah, that's my that's my parting thought. Yeah. So moving on, we got some excitement, exciting guests coming up for February. We uh, do have a couple uh, exciting guests lined up. We were supposed to have a guest today, but it just didn't pan out. I mean, I'm guessing they're probably in the middle of kidding season and are busy. I mean, and we inundated. all are. <laughs> um, so but yeah, we have some good ones. Um, so it should be a little bit fun. Sorry, this one's a little mundane. Um, <laughs> you know, Listen, it, uh, we had, we were, we're still on a hangover from last week. It was a crazy one last week. So we're just, we're know, just working it out. I had someone point and say, is that what it's like? Yeah. After hours at national show or state fair. And I have to say, mm, Probably the yeah. day after show or after wine and cheese. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, when you're you're letting your hair down and you're having fun talking to other breeders. And that's what last week was, and that's what the show will continue to be as it goes moves forward. Now a show like that, I don't know I don't know if I can take a show like that more than once or twice a year, Nate. That was <laughs> a little crazy. <laughs> I had to work the next day. Oh, well, we, what you you chose Saturday? We we had we all had the next day off. 
Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you so, know that. Um, that being said, you know, you know, it's uh, it's kidding season. Uh, yeah, we can all dread it, and we can all hope for it. I know I got a bunch of Doge. I'm hoping on uh, maybe When's some buckling too. Actually, uh, next weekend, uh, oh, Cali, uh, Half on Fire RB Calumet. Uh, oh, Rebel Daughter. Okay, Rebel Daughter oh, well. bred to uh, Leocadio. Totally different body style. Very similar udder to Pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, also bred to Leocadio. Next week's kids will probably genetically be full siblings to this week's kids. But Pepper and uh, Callie were two totally different body styles. So it'll be interesting to see. It will. I'll be looking forward to seeing pictures on your farm page. And and I hope this one goes much smoother. I'm knocking on wood right now for you. Oh, thank Um, you. Thank you. Maybe maybe we'll be doing a show in your barn as you've got kids coming. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. I'll <laughs> let you guys all know. All right, Nate. Well, thank you again for uh, joining me on this awesome adventure. You're welcome. And, uh, yeah, everybody, this has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.